Well, good afternoon. It is Wednesday, March the 3rd. Uh, hard to believe that we're already into the month of March, uh, but we are, uh, and time time keeps flying, but everything is good. Um, appreciate you joining me with the, with me on this live stream, whether it's uh, uh, when I'm doing it or uh, at a later time. <clears throat> I always appreciate those that uh, uh, listen in, and hopefully we can learn together from, from God's Word. Uh, today, we're actually finishing up what we started last Wednesday. Uh, didn't have time to get through this whole concept of forgiveness, and quite honestly, uh, this could be a, a, probably a, a 10 or 12-week study, and I think it's one that hits home to all of us. It is one that uh, we can all relate to uh, from both needing forgiveness uh, as well as extending forgiveness to others. So, But we're going to uh, wrap up uh, this study from the Lord's Prayer. We're still in the Lord's Prayer for another week or so. Uh, so I'm glad you're joining me. Let's open up with a word of prayer, then we're going to dive into God's Word together, uh, looking at Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 9 through 15, but uh, we're going to really focus in on uh, verse 12 and then 14 and, and 15 together here today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you this uh, this afternoon, and we thank you that you've given us this time to uh, spend together reading and studying and learning uh, from your Word this prayer that you gave your disciples to pray and that you have left for us to to learn from. Help us to learn what this prayer really means, uh, not just memorizing words to say, uh, but Father, let this uh, prayer really dig deep into our hearts, into our lives, uh, so that we might bring glory and honor to your name, uh, truly understand what it means to be a follower of you and how we need to come humbly before you uh, in prayer. It's in Christ's most holy name that we pray. Amen. Well, we left off uh, last week uh, looking at just uh, the first part of what it means to forgive. So as we start today, just as a reminder, we've been doing this each week. Uh, let's go ahead and read the Lord's Prayer uh, together. Uh, I'm reading from the ESV, so your translation may sound just a little different. Uh, but Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15, Jesus says this, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's where the prayer ends in, in Matthew's gospel. But then he goes on to say this in verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So Christ went on to give a little bit of an explanation of what he was uh, talking about when we prayed there in that prayer, uh, asking for uh, forgiveness as well as giving forgiveness to others. So we touched on just a little bit of that uh, last week. We talked about the uh, the, the need for forgiveness uh, and uh, talked somewhat about forgiving our debtors. And, and where we ended up was we had talked a little bit about Matthew chapter 18. Uh, there's That chapter deals a lot with forgiveness in that gospel. Uh, Peter had actually asked Jesus, you know, how many times do I need to forgive my brother? Seven times? And he thought he was being generous with uh, uh, forgiving seven times. And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven or 77 times. Uh, either one is a, a number that is exponentially greater than what Peter thought. And what Christ was saying was, you just continually forgive your brother. And then toward the end of that chapter, uh, Christ tells a parable. Uh, a quick summary of that parable is simply this. There was a man that owned his master. Uh, 
a large sum of money, millions of dollars, and he uh, could not afford to repay it. Master calls him in. Uh, he says, I have no way to repay. The master says, uh, after the man begs and pleads to forgive him uh, that debt, uh, he walks out of that uh, conversation of great mercy uh, that was given to him by his master, and uh, he meets a fellow person on the on the street that owes him just a, a few dollars. Uh, that man asks for forgiveness, exactly what he'd been asking for. He refuses to give it to him, throws into, him, him into debtor's prison. When the master hears about this, he calls the servant back in and he says, you know, you wicked servant. Uh, and basically, didn't you get it? <laughs> didn't you understand what I did for you? And because you didn't, uh, I'm going to throw you into the debtor's prison until you pay it all back. Uh, he was very angry with him. And then toward the end of that, Jesus says to um, to his disciples in, in making the uh, conclusion to that in verse uh, 35 of Matthew chapter 18, he says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Uh, and, and that word, that phrase from your heart uh, is a very powerful phrase and, and one that we need to spend just a little bit of time on. There's no way we can do it a whole lot of justice in the time we have, but at least a hit on that. What does it mean to forgive from your heart. Uh, obviously, it's more than just saying words. Uh, it's more than just uh, keeping the peace. I've heard a lot of people talk to me in the past about say, we're just going to keep the peace. I'm just not going to rock the boat. Uh, I'm just not going to e- either see that person or uh, or have anything to do with that person. I'm just going to avoid them and, and everything will be fine. But th- that's not what Christ is talking about here. Uh, and we're going to spend just a few moments talking about what it means to forgive and what it looks like to forgive and uh, at least touch on uh, the, the what encompasses uh, forgiveness here because um, forgiveness and consequences are two different things, um, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But we, what we're called to do and what Chris specifically tells his disciples there is you have to forgive from your heart. Here in this prayer that we pray, that the, the model prayer, uh, we are praying, saying, God, please forgive me my debts, what, what I owe you. I have sinned. I continually sin and fall short of your glory. Even after accepting you as Lord and Savior, even if you're a Christ follower, you still sin. You still uh, get out of step with God's word and God's will. Uh, and so we owe him a debt, and we're praying, God, forgive me that debt. And then he, Christ goes on to say in that prayer, as we have forgiven our debtors. Uh, this should be a done deal in in our hearts. Uh, we we don't go before God saying, "God, forgive me if we if we are not forgiving in our own hearts." Um, earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five, verses forty three through forty eight, Christ spoke these words to him. He says, "You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who." persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun to shine on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect." So this is a little bit of a flavor of what it means to really love others, and that's what is at the heart of forgiveness is forgiving others. 
But how many of y'all can relate to this song, um, country music song? I don't know exactly when it was written. I had to Google it to uh, make sure I uh, was getting the words right and all that. But Terry Clark, a number of years ago, had a song that was entitled, I Just Want to Be Mad. Uh, and in the song, she's talking about the fact that uh, her husband, she's mad at him and she doesn't want to forgive him. She says, eventually I'm going to get over this and I know I'll get over it. But for I just want to be mad for a little while. Can y'all relate to that? Uh, is that human nature? Yes, it is. Uh, when we've been wronged, uh, when we feel like we're in the right and somebody else is in the wrong, we just want to be mad for a little while. That's human nature. Well, is that valid? Well, yes and no. It, it's valid in the sense that uh, it's part of our nature to do that, but it's not valid because that's not scriptural. Uh, so ultimately, the question is not, is it human nature? Is it valid? The question is, is it right to want to hold a grudge? to have a desire to say, I have a right to be mad at somebody uh, and unforgiving towards somebody. No, that's not right. And at the heart of this is an understanding that we forgive because we are forgiven. When we mess up, when we sin, uh, we want to go before God immediately when, as soon as we recognize that sin and say, God, forgive me, and we want him to forgive us immediately. And he says, I will forgive you immediately. Now, again, don't equate forgiveness to consequences, uh, but he will forgive us immediately when we do that. But how often do we not want to forgive somebody right away uh, when they ask for that forgiveness? Um, if we don't forgive, it's really telling about the fact that we have not really fully experienced all of God's forgiveness that he wants to give to us, what he has done for us on the cross. And so we're commanded to forgive from our hearts. What we're doing when we come before God in that prayer, we ask him to forgive us our debts. Uh, well, what, what is a debt? Uh, a debt is something that we owe somebody. Uh, we have done something. Uh, uh, many of us have uh, uh, loans that we've taken out. Uh, some have student loans. Others have loans they've taken out for a house or for a car or for uh, other things. And so you have a debt that you're having to repay uh, to somebody in order to own something. Well, we, we understand what it means to have a debt. Well, when we step out of line with God's word, when we sin, uh, we owe, uh, we, we have a debt that we're collecting, and, and ultimately the question we need to ask is who do we owe that debt to? Uh, I know every month I get a statement from uh, my loan company saying you owe money for the house you're living in until you get it paid off. Well, who do we owe when we sin? Uh, we have definitely wronged others, uh, and so we come here to Psalm 51, and Psalm 51 is one of two penitent psalms that David wrote uh, in relationship to a sin with Bathsheba, Psalm 51 and Psalm 32. Uh, and just a quick reminder of what that sin was, was David uh, should have been off at war with his armies, but he decided to stay home. When he's staying home, he was on his palace roof. He saw Bathsheba bathing, uh, desired to have her, called her into his room. Uh, they had a, a one-night stand. Uh, then she comes back and says, listen, I'm pregnant from this relationship. Uh, and so David is figuring out, what do I need to do to cover this up? Uh, he calls Uriah, her husband, back from uh, the uh, the battlefield, and he's thinking, well, he's going to lay with her, and then, then everything will be okay. He'll think this baby's his. He's too righteous to do that. He does not do that. Uh, and so uh, David ultimately has him has him killed, puts him at the front lines, and uh, has him uh, has him killed uh, for, for what he's done there. And David thinks he's gotten away with it, uh, and David, being the king, can do a lot of what he wants to do as far as uh, ordering other people around. 
But he comes to the conclusion after Nathan confronts him of his sin uh, and understands that, no, I have sinned. And you think about all the people that were involved in that, from not even Bathsheba and Uriah and uh, Joab and uh, the, the servants, but so many people that were impacted by this. But this is what David says in his penitential psalm, Psalm 51. Verse 3, he says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you... You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. David understood that sin is ultimately against God because God is the standard of sin. We have laws in the cities and the state and the nation that we live in. There's laws even that govern the world. Uh, There's all kinds of laws that people make, and we should be obedient to those laws. But ultimately, uh, it is not those laws that should govern our lives as much as the the governance of God's over our lives. So when we sin, uh, if there's no God, then anything goes. And that's why so many people want to deny God, because they want to live life the way they want to live life. They don't want to have somebody telling them what to do, when to do it, or how to do it, or they want to be able to be the ones that make their own rules. They want to be able to shift and change uh, that that fits where, where they are and what they want to do. But we need to come to understand that God has set what is right and wrong. And so when we understand that, then so therefore when we sin, we are ultimately impacting other people's lives with our sin, but we're sinning against God. Uh, and so we owe him a debt. So how do we receive that forgiveness? Uh, we owe him a debt. Uh, he is the one that's going to pay for that debt. And, and this is what we need to understand. To really receive, and when we pray, forgive us our debts, to, to understand what that means, there's two things that we need to do. First of all, we need to admit our need for forgiveness. David had to get to the point where he had where he understood his need to ask for forgiveness. He went on with that sin with Bathsheba for about a year. Uh, the child was born, uh, so it was at least nine months, uh, and so he had, he'd carried on that scene with Bathsheba, thought he'd covered up, thought he had said it right. Go read Psalm 32, though. So although during that time he felt miserable, he, he was uh, depressed and he was physically hurting uh, because of the sin in his life, but you know, he, he kind of left it alone until Nathan confronted him with that sin. And Nathan eventually did confront him, and when he was confronted, David recognized his sin before God. That's what we need to do. We need to admit, we need to agree with God that what we do that steps out of the side of his will is sin. Then when we understand that, we have to admit that we need to be forgiven of that sin, that, that what we have done is a wrong against God, and there's nothing we can do to set that right, and so therefore we need to ask for his forgiveness for our sins. We are indebted to him, and so he is the only one that can clear that record, and and he clears that record by our confession, but he ultimately clears it through the sacrifice of himself, his son, on the, the cross. So we need to admit our need for forgiveness, and then secondly, we need to realize that God's forgiveness is a free gift not something we need to earn, and not something we can earn. So we have to understand that uh, we owe him everything for that, and it's for by grace that we've been saved through faith. Uh, and so therefore, we're 
continually indebted to him, but we're indebted because of the forgiveness he's given. So we have to admit we need forgiveness, and then we need to realize that God offers this freely to us so we don't have to carry around a load of, of, of guilt and burden to that, but that does not give us right to continue sinning, and that's a whole other subject. But we need at least those two things. When we say forgive us our debts, we need to understand that we have a debt we owe, and then secondly, that that debt is paid by Christ on the cross, and he gives that to us freely. So why do we need to learn to forgive then? Well, it should be a natural outcome, quite honestly, of being forgiven. If we have really begun, been forgiven, then we are going to extend forgiveness to others. When we don't offer that forgiveness, we become bitter and hard, and, and most of us know bitter people, and bitter people are not happy people. They are judgmental people. They are always looking to shift the blame. They're always looking for a reason for somebody else's, uh, somebody else has done something that has caused them to be where they are, and that just leads to bitterness, and, and bitterness never heals. Um, when we swallow that pill of bitterness. Uh, it, it is a, a, a poison that we're hoping will kill somebody else, but ultimately it's going to kill us. So we need to be very careful with that. So what we need to do is we, we need to learn to forgive others because when we don't, uh, we become hardened and, and bitter toward others. So question I asked earlier, and you're just going to have to deal with this yourself, is how do you forgive when you know you're in the right and somebody else is in the wrong? Uh, that, that's part of what we need to do in forgiveness. When you are in the right and somebody else has done something wrong to you, how do you learn to forgive that? Well, forgiveness is at the heart of any forgiveness. To extend that forgiveness is that you are laying aside your right to be angry, your right to be upset um, at what they do, and anything and any claim upon future repayment of that debt. You can't go back and, and say you owe me now because you didn't do that. Now, let me deal with something I talked about a few moments ago. When we talk about forgiveness, a lot of people say just, you know, forgive and forget like it never happened. And a lot of times we'll try to do that. Oh, you did me wrong. No, 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 nothing. It doesn't really matter. No big deal. Well, usually that's not real forgiveness because there are consequences with forgiveness. Uh, just a couple real quick examples here. Uh, we've talked about David and Bathsheba. Uh, David and Bathsheba had a baby. When David was confronted with his sin, uh, God accepted his, uh, his heart of forgiveness, but he did say the consequence of your actions, the consequence of this sin with Bathsheba, is that your child is going to die. Uh, and that's hard, and that's cruel, and, th and that's very difficult to, to think of in our minds, but that was the penalty, uh, the consequence for his sin with Bathsheba. Now, when we think of that being hard and harsh, think about the very fact that God understands that, because God himself came in flesh, in Jesus Christ, lived a perfect life, was completely innocent, more innocent than anybody has ever been innocent in living that perfect life, and then he died for our sins. Yes, that's hard. Yes, that's difficult, but we need to understand. That's part of understanding the weight of sin and the difficulty of sin and how it impacts our lives and what it means to offer forgiveness with others. So when we think about forgiveness, yes, we can extend forgiveness, but there are consequences to 
actions. Let me give you another example of uh, one that I learned when I was uh, living in Florida. I had a director of missions there, and he was a gracious man, a very kind man, uh, and just, just very generous in, in the way he lived his life, and very compassionate man. Uh, I learned one day, I still remember where I was driving. I was on 301 in Stark, Florida, and I came across the radio, and they were talking about this uh, convicted uh, rapist and murderer that was coming up for parole. And they, they were talking about the fact that his parole had ultimately been denied. Uh, but then I heard a very familiar voice, and it was the voice of this director of missions coming across, and they were interviewing him. Uh, and uh, what I found out was it was his daughter that had been kidnapped, raped, and murdered by this man. And this director of missions was the most gracious, the most kind. He was not a bitter man in any way. Now, in that conversation and in that interview, uh, what he expressed was, yes, I forgive this man for what he did. But he also said because of what he did, there's consequences for those actions, and he was ultimately denied parole. There's consequences for what we do. There was consequences for David and Bathsheba and, and their sin. Uh, and we can go through a whole list of others in Scripture and in, in our own lives that we realize that when you break a, a trust, when you do something that uh, goes outside of God's will and when it impacts other people, uh, there will be consequences. And even when it says to forgive your brother seven times, uh, that doesn't mean you don't try to correct the action. That doesn't mean that he, if he or she has done something that is repetitive, that is habitual, uh, that you let that action continue on and, and, and go on. That's not what it means to forgive. You can forgive somebody, but expect change, expect different actions, expect there to be true repentance, which means that person will seek to do that. And it may be something that they struggle with for, for years, uh, maybe even for decades. Uh, we can continually learn to forgive them, but we can also encourage and we should expect them to seek to change and become different. And depending on what the sin is, there may be consequences for it. It, it, it may be consequences in what, they, uh, what they're allowed to do or not allowed to do. Uh, there may be uh, penalty, criminal penalties for, for something somebody has done that lasts even a lifetime possibly. So w there can be consequences and still be forgiveness uh, after those consequences. Scripture teaches us that and shows us that. So this whole concept of forgiveness, again, there's so much more that we could delve into. We just don't have time to do it, but I hope and pray that this has been a challenge to you. When we pray that prayer, we're saying, God, please forgive me Forgive us our debts, That what we owe you. Your standard is right. Your standard is perfect. Whenever we step outside of that, we owe you because you're the one that has set that standard. We have sinned against you, so we need your forgiveness for that. And when we get that, when we truly understand that, as we have forgiven our debtors, uh, and that's why those two verses at the end there, verses 14 and 15, say, if you forgive others, God will forgive you. If you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. And, and it's not a, con a conditional thing in the sense of uh, God, God's not going to do it, but uh, won't, won't ever forgive you. But what he's saying is, when, I have, when you've truly understood the forgiveness that I have given to you, you are going to have a heart of forgiveness toward others. You're going to have that desire to forgive others. Now, are we perfect in this? Am I perfect in this? No. I struggle with some of those things, and I do get angry, and I get upset, and when I've been wronged or when I feel I've been wronged, but my heart's desire, and I think the heart, and I don't think I know, the heart's desire of every true believer will be, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hold that anger in. I want to get rid of that anger. I want to offer forgiveness toward that person, even if there's going to be an expectation of... Uh, 
change in their life. I want to offer forgiveness if they're asking for that forgiveness and requesting it because that's what God has done for me. And and how many habitual sins do we have in our lives, things that we do over and over and over again, and we go before God and say, God, please forgive me this debt. We know that he'll forgive us that debt, but it comes with a recognition that we don't want to continue that. We don't go to God and say, I'm going to sin, and then, uh, you know, God will just go ahead and forgive me for it. That was one of the problems in in Martin Luther's day, in the day of the Reformation. They had uh, indulgences, and some people would actually pay ahead with their indulgences. Listen, I know I'm going to go out and have a wild weekend, uh, so it's only Wednesday, uh, but I'll go ahead and pay up for uh, Friday and Saturday coming up uh, because I know I'm going to do that. And, you know, that that whole concept of thinking, you know, I'll just pay ahead uh, and, and God's going to have to forgive me because of what I've done. Now, that's, that's, that's the wrong kind of heart, the wrong kind of attitude uh, toward what this is. Our sin should be weighty on us, and, and we should realize that the weight of what we've done before God to forgive us our sins, and therefore we should desire to, to do that for others, to forgive them of their sins. Uh, again, even though there may be consequences, there may be uh, expectations of change uh, in, because of what somebody has done. As we wrap this up, just a minute or two to wrap this up, a couple questions for reflection, things for you to think about and and work on this week, and I challenge you to work on these things this week. Think about what is it that makes some actions and some people harder to forgive than others, Uh, particularly for you. There's hot button issues for us. There's certain things, uh, you know. Some some people, you know, one easy thing to do is you know driving down the road and road rage that goes on. Uh, there are some people that they can get cut off in the road and they just kind of wave at the person and go on and, and think nothing of it. And then there's others that get cut off cut off in the road and they are like, we're going to make sure that person knows that we're angry with them. Uh, you know, there's certain triggers that we all have, and all of us have those. And, and Satan knows what those triggers are. So think about yourself. What are some actions that make some people harder to forgive for what they've done than others? What is it for you that, that really sticks out to you? And, and that's an area you need to work on, an area you need to ask for forgiveness from God for yourself of why can't I forgive that person? Why can't I let those things go and truly forgive as, as I have been forgiven? Uh, second thing to, to think about here is this is a whole prayer here. It's a very short prayer. Uh, the model prayer is here, uh, but but uh, the the prayer works together here. And so, how is confession of sin, forgive us our debts, even as we've forgiven others? How is that related to the first part of the Lord's prayer? The first part of the Lord's prayer is our Father in heaven, holy or hallowed be your name. Well. We are saying, God, you are our Father. You, we are in that relationship with you. You have authority over me uh, as a parent-child relationship, our, our spiritual and heavenly Father. So you set the rules. You set the tones. I'm supposed to honor you. So when we're praying that first part of that prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, uh, we are putting him in a position of authority over us, which is where he deserves to be. It's a recognition uh, that he is righteous, that he is holy, that he is perfect um, in all things. And so, therefore, we are under his authority. And so, he's the one that sets the standard, not us. And what he tells us to do, we need to do. So, think about how that how the prayer all works together here. And then finally, Ask yourself, what was Christ's greatest act of forgiveness? He offered forgiveness to a lot of people over the course of his ministry. What was his greatest act of forgiveness? 
uh, we celebrate it here in just a few weeks uh, at Easter, uh, he went to the cross for our sins, for my sins, uh, for your sins. He didn't go to the cross for anything he had done. So his greatest act of forgiveness was being holy, righteous, perfect, innocent, completely innocent, and yet willingly going to that cross and paying the penalty for our sins. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that anybody has ever done to you, no matter how horrific it may be, that is greater than how we sin against our Heavenly Father. And I realize there are some horrific things that people do to others, but they don't compare uh, to the level of God himself being perfect and holy and just, going to the cross and dying for other people's sins. Uh, So what is Christ's greatest act of forgiveness? And do you really understand that? Do you really grasp that? When we pray, Father, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who have are indebted to us. We are talking about having a heart and a lifestyle of forgiveness, asking for forgiveness, and then extending forgiveness to others. My prayer is that each one of us will learn how to do that better and better every day. It's a work in progress, but we need to be striving for that. And as God sanctifies us, as he makes us more holy every day, I pray that it will be reflected, and it will be reflected in the way we live with others extending forgiveness, and showing the love that God shows for us. Thank you for joining me today. We'll get back together next week. We'll look at the uh, last part of the Lord's Prayer together next week. Uh, Join me in prayer as we close out this time together. Father, we come before you, and this is such a, it's a hard subject because uh, it's something that we all deal with, and it is very hard uh, to grasp all that is contained in here. And I pray, Father, that you will give us um, wisdom, strength, give us the ability to, to understand the, the, the level of forgiveness that you have offered to us. And as we've received that forgiveness, help us to learn to extend that to others and, and what all that looks like. Uh, it's not a necessarily just a forgive and forget, uh, but it is a forgive and love, uh, forgive and help others to mature. So help us to learn what that looks like uh, as you have done that for us. Help us uh, to learn to do that for others. Thank you, Father, for this prayer and the power that is in this prayer. It's in Christ's most holy name that we pray. Amen.